was sitting on the back patio the other day, staring across the skyline as the last pale light of golden hour blanketed the Wasatch front. The calmness in the air existed in stark juxtaposition to the turbulence in the hearts of so many in America and beyond. My gaze slowly shifted downward as the weight of the words on the other side of the phone made their way through the airwaves, spanning a great geographical distance but feeling so close to home. This normally familiar voice, rich with vibrance and precise intonations, now so foreign in its distance from the heart. A heart that loves so deeply and frequently that I often wonder if it will explode from constantly giving and rarely taking. To protect her identity and that of her family, I will share only the details requisite to this story. My friend, whose pronouns are she, her, hers, and as I will refer to her, is in her 20s, cis woman and white. Her sister, the topic of our conversation, is not yet a teenager, cis woman and black. And as my friend states it, not white passing black, but black. Her peers, she says, already say things. Awful things. They live in a place that many would refer to as idyllic. Not metro, not rural, but one striking the bell of the Goldilocks principle. A place where many may be fooled into thinking, maybe anti-blackness doesn't exist here. Maybe our strong community, our prevailing faith, and our ostensible lack of, quote, big city problems protect us. But it exists everywhere. Nowhere and no one is safe from hate. Not even a child. Her words, which I will recount shortly, struck deeply in my heart, which often mimics hers. Prefers to give, struggles to take. As such, we often volley words of affirmation and praise like a hot potato. You're so wonderful. No, you are so wonderful. Thank you, but really, you are truly so wonderful. You get the idea. But in this moment, her heart needed to close off the giving valve and open up the receiving side to accept love. Through her increasingly troubled breath, she asked two hollowing questions about her sister. She said she's been asking about Black Lives Matter. Do I shatter her world? And quick warning, if you have little ones listening, you may want to cover their ears for this next question. Did we fuck up her life by adopting her into a white family? The short answers are, yes, you do, and no, you did not. There was, of course, so much more said than that, but that's enough for this story to make sense. And though I tried as hard as I could to manage my emotions, I cried. I cried for my friend, her sister, her family, and the flood of deeply-seated emotions from my own childhood growing up an adoptee in a transracial family. It seems as if my former self, the young child confused by a world that sometimes seemed to not want him to be part of it, and my adult self, who would love nothing more than every child to never know hate, could relate to both my friend and her sister. There is research that suggests that children as young as four years old can begin to develop racial bias. And by 12, thoughts on race are shown to be relatively set. Let me remind you all again, her sister is not yet a teenager. The racial bias of her peers is evident, and the racial bias in our nation so clear before her eyes. She shared the ways in which her father fights for equity within the school system and other social institutions in their town. He has a respected community position and seems to recognize the influence that comes with it. She continued with ways in which her family celebrates her sister's heritage, studies it together, encourages dance lessons specific to her body type, learned to style her hair, and so much more. Quick side note, my mother was a beautician for a time and would always cut mine and my sister's hair at home. She'd wheel her cart out, populated with all sorts of fascinating implements, throw a gown over me and say, 
okay, if you stay still long enough for me to cut your hair, you can have a cookie. I never did, but I always got a cookie anyways. And in more than one childhood photo, my unforgiving and stiff Korean hair is noticeably off-kilter in the front for my constant wiggling and movement in the at-home salon chair. I remember so badly wanting the popular white hairstyles at the time, and my mother trying so hard to make it work, but my Korean hair just didn't want to cooperate. It seems silly, but the snowboarders, rock stars, and skaters that I admired were all white, and I wanted to look like them. I wanted the cool styles I wore atop their heads. I didn't have any heroes that looked like me. While writing this script, I grabbed a book and small stack of magazines where I would find my heroes today. The book, Wild Side, The Enchanted Life of Hunters and Gatherers, and the magazine's past issues of Outside. Amongst the 255-page book, five included people of color. None were black. And only in two pages were these folks actually the subject of the photo. The others were just there just as happenstance in a landscape shot. I leafed through six issues of Outside Magazine, focusing on the advertising material. The people of color were either secondary to the white person in focus, or they were secondary to white saviorism, as in companies that do good by donating footwear or a small percentage of funds to small developing countries. But always, the white people dominate. The people of color are present as supporting cast to drive home the sense of do-goodery. There was a single ad featuring three black children with the copy, I'm the captain of my own ship. The ad was for takemefishing.org. As someone who spent a good bit of his childhood angling, this made me proud to see. Link in the show notes for those of you interested in further research on the company. I'll leave my thoughts and opinions out of this conversation. So, seven separate publications, just shy of 1,000 pages, and only a handful of black and non-black POC folks could be found. If I'm being super generous, we'll call it 1%. And if I'm being brutally honest, I truly started to think that maybe the outdoors isn't for me. And I'm nearly 36. Imagine this young black woman flipping through the pages of her older sister's outdoor-focused magazines and seeing that the outdoors are in fact not for her. And yes, she's not even a teenager, and I called her a young woman, and I meant it. Because this shit that we've allowed to exist for far too long is robbing black and non-black POC children of their childhood. It's 2020, and in our nation, this young black woman and children across the country, not old enough to ride their bikes across town, to date, to drive a car, to vote, to get a job, to buy a house, are now thrust into the process of understanding why people that look like them are being murdered for being black. And why we must move mountains of anti-blackness and systemic racism to reveal a molehill of progress. I sent this script to my friend to review. To my surprise, because she's far better with words than I will ever be, she made no edits, just commentary. She writes in response to her family celebrating her sister's heritage. And days and several breakdowns later, I've realized that this fierce determination to celebrate delayed the realization much to my embarrassment, I thought I was much more aware than this, that my cute baby sister would one day not be as palatable to white America. I've studied systemic oppression, lived in South Central Los Angeles, worked in Title I schools that were riddled with gangs, but it was never this personal. Being hit over and over again with statistics each time I opened my phone reminded me what was inevitably coming for her. She looks more like Breonna Taylor than she'll ever look like me, 
and much of the anniversary of Brianna's birthday was spent leaning against a wall, crying and gasping, wondering if this was what would happen to my sister. I have one black sister. I can't imagine having a whole family or a black brother. This week, my family got together and talked about what we need to do to go towards more black space. Each family member's action items looked a little different. Mom wants to learn about hip hop. Dad is going to read more black authors and look at Christianity's contribution. We spent so much time celebrating, we forgot to be honest. (laughs) 